take your Bibles, go to Matthew. Matthew 17. I think we need to stop playing with Christianity. That's what I think. Matthew chapter 17. Boy, it's been a good day in the house of the Lord, hasn't it? Man, average Baptist church, that would have woke up everybody. Praise the Lord for that. Matthew 17. Heavenly Father, as we turn to this portion of your word that you've given us, my heart is full. Lord, it's full. From baptizing this morning to the congregational, Brother Woods, Tammy, Brother Glosser, Brother Mark, congregational, Brother Hicks. And Lord, it's so true. May we be faithful unto the end. Not, not faithful until we can't do a position, but faithful until the end. And may we hand our children what was handed to Brother and Miss Hicks all those years ago by a man who just stayed faithful. Bless this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I feel like we've been to church. Man, I feel like we've been to church. Matthew chapter 17. And when they... And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is, a, he is lunatic and sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. You boys in this auditorium don't know, but there are sometimes your fathers claim this verse for you. He's a lunatic. Verse 16, and I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as the grain of a mustard of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this what, please? I want you to say that word out loud. To this what? Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be, what is the next word? Would you say that out loud? Unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not forth, but by prayer and fasting. Two words jumped off the page that I had just say out loud, and these two words for me were the word mountain and the word impossible. These two words signify that point or place or circumstance in your life that you wake up in and you say, no, 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 we are in an impossible situation. That is a mountain that cannot be moved, and everyone's been there if you have lived any time at all. If you have lived any time at all, you have seen the mountain shadow. You have been overwhelmed by the bigness. You have thought to yourself, this is impossible. If you have not faced it, get ready because you're going to face it. Please don't think that the charismatic philosophy of it's roses all the time and there are no thorns and no problems, that's not true. If you did not have the problems and you did not have the thorns, you could not build your faith. Your faith is built at the moment you see the mountain. Your faith is put to the test the moment that you say, impossible. And so you find here then that he says to them, mountain, impossible. But then there is one word that is used 
twice that we all want to happen. And that is in the same verse. Ye shall say unto this mountain, next word, read it please, what is it? Remove. Would you say that out loud? What is it? Remove. Hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. Here is a mountain. Here is an impossibility. Right now, I want you to run to whatever it is in your life that you are thinking impossible. Brother Hicks, if I could climb onto the back of your testimony, I'm sure that you and Miss Lisa thought our marriage is an, a mountain of impossibility of going forward. This, this is a mountain. This is impossible. You may be here saying, no, 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 you don't understand. Nobody's faced this circumstance before. When you think that way, then it is a mountain of impossibility. The default mindset uh, in all of us is basic. When we look at a mountainous situation of impossibility, we run to the defense of this. That mountain is not making it possible for me to go forward. So what do we do? We encamp at the base of this mountain. We live at the base of this mountain. We resign ourselves that this is where I will live the rest of my life. Therefore, we live an inferior life. Therefore, we live a mundane life. Therefore, our children buy land around us at the base of this mountain. Rather than understanding this, that mountain and that impossibility is not a mountain to God and it's not impossible to God. This mountain, this impossibility, and this is what the Savior was telling his disciples. He was telling them, gentlemen, I'm going to use what you just went through to teach you a spiritual lesson. That lesson came on the heels of what was trying to be done. Look at verse 14. Matthew 17, 14. And when they were come to him, come, and, and, and when they were come to me, when they were come to me, the multitude, there came to him a certain man dealing down, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on me for my, my son, for he is lunatic, sore vexed. Oft times he falls into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. He turning around and when he used the word impossible and he used the word mountain in his response to the disciples question, why couldn't we cure him? He was not doing anything but pointing at this father with this lunatic son. This father with this son that many think had epilepsy or some form that would cause this instant shouting or, or gyration that would cause him to lose his equilibrium. And if there was a fire close, he would fall into the fire. If there's water, he would fall into the water. Open fire, open water were commonplace during this time of the scripture. A father with a lunatic son. A father with a lunatic son that was constantly vexed or troubled on the inside. A father with a lunatic son who habitually falls into the fire, habitually, consistently falls into, this wa into the water. The father, tired, weary from the caretaking of this possessed and oppressed son with this out-of-control behavior, decided to do something about it. To the disciples, he goes, only to find out there was no power in man. Did you hear that? It is understandable that we run to the visible of someone that we think has an inroad with Jesus Christ. Jesus declares four things to them. One, you both listen to me. Father, disciples, y'all need to hear this. You're a 
are faithless and perverse generation. When he said these two things, it was not a slam at their character. It was reality with their faith. He said, you've allowed this mountain to lessen your faith. And you've allowed this mountain to pervert your thinking. He said, that's why you're faithless and perverse. You now have let this circumstances lessen your faith. And you have let this mountain kind of give you a distorted view of me. He said, how long will I be with you? How long am I going to bear with you? Solution, bring him to me. These were the four things he said. Jesus was telling them that this impossible mountain of a lunatic son who's out of control and keeps falling into fire and water was taken in the right direction. Please listen to this because this is where the Christianity and our church sometimes fails. It was taken in the right direction of going to the disciples, but it was not taken far enough in going to the master. Talking your problems over with spiritual people is not the same as taking your problem to the Savior. You got to hear this. Talking your problems over with a spiritual person should not scratch the itch. It should not make you settle in your faith. Take them to the disciples. Take it and say we got a problem. Pray with your brothers and sisters. But don't let that make you think everything's going to be okay. You've got to get up and go to the master. This is why he said, how long shall I be with you? How long am I going to put up or suffer with this with you? Bring him to me. Do you not understand? You brought the problem of feeding the 5,000 to me. Do you not understand? You brought the problem of taxes to me. And God, Jesus Christ, could say this unequivocally. There has never been a problem you have brought to me that I have not been able to overcome. Impossible to man, possible to God. I'm going to preach this morning on this subject, taking an extreme spiritual position. Taking an extreme spiritual position. The reason there's apathy in the Christian life is because we're not extreme. The reason there is no Holy Ghost infusion inside the average church is because there's not an extreme position. We want to be moderate. We want to be middle of the road. We want to be liked by everybody. And that's good when you're trying to negotiate, you're trying to, 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 to win uh, 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 things over to the Savior. I'm not, I'm not against that. But we have let that translate into mountains in our life. And when there is a mountain, we want to get along with the mountain. We want to be okay with the mountain. Instead of saying, no, that mountain, that lunatic son, that out of control situation, I am not okay with. I don't want it in my life. And it's tiring me. And it's time that we took an extreme spiritual position. You know what he said? He said in response to this, the disciples said, why could we not cure him? You know the reason they couldn't cure that? Young man, is because it was an extreme. It was extreme. Ladies and gentlemen, there are some things your daddy can't buy you out of. Listen to this. There are some things 
you ain't got enough money to buy that. There's not enough land to heal your marriage. There's not enough degrees to change your mind. When it gets extreme and your back's against the wall, you, my friend, cannot stay where you're at right now. But what we have done is we have settled for the mountains in our life. We have been okay with lost loved ones who will die and go to hell. We have been okay with prodigals who are out in the world, and yet we're okay with it. And we live day to day to day, and there is no moving of the needle. There is no extreme spiritual behavior. You know, I just simply going to illustrate this morning, if, if I could, when there's physical extremes. Luke, I'm sorry to do this because you're paying so good of attention. Can I get you to come hold this? When there is a physical extreme, and all of a sudden there's something in, no, you had it right, Philip, perfect. When there's a physical extreme, then we want immediate solution with the disciples. Can I tell you, have you prayed any more for our country? When Black Lives Matters can be nominated for the Nobel Prize, Peace Prize, we got issues. Did y'all hear that? We got issues. But boy, we like to complain, don't we? Can I just get up on my soapbox? Oh, we got this, we like to complain, don't we? When did we get extreme in our spiritual position? When do we stop talking to the spiritual leaders And when do we go to the Savior and get spiritually extreme? I want you to notice the very last verse. That threw some of y'all about that Black Lives Matters, didn't it? All lives matter. And I'm talking about the organization that's nothing but a riotous group of people. Mm. Nobel Peace Prize. All right. If you could go to verse 21. you look what the Savior says. Might as well get another hiccup here. Come on, come on, Hicks. Come on, come on, Zach. I just want to know which one's the better looking of the two brothers. Oh, oh. You know what it is? Ben. Uh, So, look what he said in verse 21. How be it this time. Look at it. Goeth not out, but by what please? You know what he said? Kind of hold it up. He said, when life gets physically extreme, you better get extreme. You better shift as quick as you can. But there are many Christians that live right in the middle, and their needle spiritually has not moved. That's why they binge watch YouTube and Netflix. And they binge on Facebook. And they've got this mountain, but they're looking and saying, well, I'm not as bad as somebody else has this mountain. And somebody, look, look at me, look at me. The best thing about camp, no cell phones, no outside interference. But I think we need to have big boy camp and big girl camp to where all the adults go to camp. When you and I understand this, you got something extreme, then you better get extreme. Faith, I'm sorry. Glad your parents are here. I just realized they're here. Good to see you, Mom, Dad. When you have extreme. 
me ask you a question this morning. I just want to push you off dead center. We're, we need to be done. We need to get serious about our Christian life. And we need to not say, well, I'm going to schedule this in. No. When you're living in the shadow of an extreme mountain, when you're living in this to where now this has caused your faith to become less, it has distorted you about what is going on, then don't try to figure out the mountain. Go to the God who made that mountain and drag that mountain to your God. And that's why he said, why are you dealing with the mountain of impossibility? Bring that mountain to me. But what we do is we pick our family up and we live in this shadow and perverse, faithless. When your faith starts going down, you start believing that the mountain is big. The mountain is only as big as God is not in your life. I'll say that again. The mountain is only as big as God is not in your life. It's time to move. It's time to get serious. Fasting is a unique subject with Jesus in the Gospels. Fasting to Jesus was centered around the time they asked his disciples, you know, you know why don't your disciples fast? And he said to them, it's very simple. They don't need to fast because they have me. You see, the only reason you fast is when you don't have me. But as long as they have me, they don't need to abstain and grab a hold of, I'm right here. And I believe he put this in the eternal book to tell us this. We need to fast right now because we can't see him. He's not someplace physical. If Jesus was somewhere around here, you go find that prodigal son, you go find that prodigal daughter, you hogtie them, you throw them in the trunk, and you get to where Jesus is at. If he's in Alabama, Louisiana, southern Louisiana, or Athens, Texas, down by the fish hatchery, somewhere down there, you grab that. If a spouse has given you what for, he said, woman, I know what I'm going to do with you. Man, I, you, you get hogtied, throw that husband in that trunk of that car, take him to wherever Jesus is at, undo that trunk, and look at you and say, you fix them. You fix them. If you got a cat that's out of control, Jesus cannot heal a cat. But here's what we do. We're like, we continue life and we go, God, why? Why haven't you helped me? No, no. You face a mountain. You face something that's out of control. Get extreme right there. Right there. We started up the men's basketball league, and I asked one man if I could use this story. Do y'all realize we're on our third sermon this morning? Woo! We'll be putting out the three-part set. And uh, <laughs> man calls me up, and I think we're in fourth game into our men's league, and he calls me up about game two. And I'm getting ready to come down to the gym. I'm on a team. I wasn't on, I was, I was out of town, couldn't play the first night. We won. 
I played the second game. We lost miserably. Uh, I couldn't play this last game, and we only lost by one. I'm playing this next game, but if we lose people, I'm retiring my jersey. The men are having a great time, and those of us out of shape are feeling it every day we live. So how do I recognize the men who are part of the ball league? They walk like this. But a man called me and said, Pastor, I just found out 10 minutes ago. And it was an extremism. It was just an extremism. And he said, I will not be there tonight because I have to get a hold of God. Fasting is not just staying away from food. Fasting is staying away from anything that satisfies the flesh. There are times that we continue in the flesh with mountains that we need to check out and go, I got to get extreme. Allow your husbands to get extreme. Allow your wives to get extreme. Allow your children on the spur of the moment to say, I won't be joining you tonight for dinner because I got to go talk to God about a mountain. Allow your wives to say, you're on your own tonight because I got to go take a drive. I got to talk to God about a mountain. But we scoff at this kind of living. Can't you do that later? No, don't do it later. Why are you waiting? There's a lunatic on the loose. Bring him hither to me. Sometimes people live in the shadow of this mountain. They walk around like this. You're going to be that anyways. Why not be that in front of your God? You know what God will do? God will bring the mountain into his presence with you there. And then guess what your God will do? He'll take care of the mountain. He'll take care of the mountain. How? He will take care of the mountain by removing how you look at the mountain. We want it removed. No, 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 no. He'll remove how you view it. Because what did he say? Oh, thou what? Faithless and perverse. And when he said, be thou removed, look what he says there in, in the text. And I'm coming to the close. Look what he says there. Verse 20. Remove, remove hence to what, please? That's out of sight. Look at it. Remove hence to where? I didn't know what yonder was. I was just a little kid. We lived up north. I was born in Michigan. Put your hand over your heart. I'm part of the Wolverine side of Michigan, not the Spartan side. Never vote for a team that their mascot's a man in a skirt. Those for all you USC people, too. And uh, so, ooh, that hit a little bit too close to home on this side of the auditorium. Went to Aunt Charlotte's house, and I was like, hey, where's Susan and Frank, and where's all the cousins? My aunt said, back yonder. So I decided to walk through the house, came back, and said, where's yonder? 
what room is yonder? I saw the bathroom and the bedroom and the, where's yonder? She said, Bobby, it is someplace over there. I don't know exactly where they're at. They're just back yonder. You know what God says? Bring that to me. If we can tie the words together, I will send that brother or daughter over yonder. Over yonder. See, that's what y'all do with your bills sometimes. People do, it's over yonder. That's what you do with that ticket, it's over yonder. That, that's what you do inadvertently when you accidentally misplace a tax bill and you get, oh, how long has that been sitting in yonder land? Listen, your God, you heard it this morning. I, I, can't, I can't think of two better men to articulate this morning. A mountain? A mountain? When you get extreme on that mountain, get extreme on that mountain. And what you're going to find out is that your God will remove that mountain. My goal with this is that when you wake up and you find a mountain that's big, and you'll have them. Some of you right now are living on the base of a mountain. And if this sounds familiar to many of you, it's because we've had this discussion about this scripture in private and we've prayed. I just want to echo it this morning. Get extreme. When have we gone to fasting? When have we gone to prayer? When is the last time you took a problem and went extreme on that problem? Or have you just continued? Towing that mountain shadow everywhere you go. Well, how's it going? Well, you know. No, no, no. Get extreme. Get extreme. The last thing I would say is this. When we get tired of the lunacy of life, then we'll get extreme. Never be ashamed to look at your spouse. Never be ashamed. Never be ashamed. I'm going to get extreme for a couple of days. Best, best thing to do with your dad. Sweetheart, I need to get extreme. I got some stuff going on. And don't just sit in silence. My problem with me is that when I face a mountain, and we face a lot of them, is that I never inform my wife of what I'm going through. I made up my mind the other day, I'm not going to do that to her. If it's a big mountain, and her husband has to get extreme, then I'm going to tell her, hey, I got to get extreme. It's a big mountain. Brother Bagwell, I just saw you in the, I don't know if you remember that time we were there, and the doctor came, and you said, we got to find a chapel. And we left that hospital room, and man, we searched. We kept asking, where's the chapel at? Where's the chapel? They kept pointing us yonder way. Just keep <laughs> keep going down that way. Where's the chapel? And when we got to that chapel, we got extreme. We had to. Listen. When's the last time you got extreme? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Thank you, Dr. Kelly.